we have a proposition this year um, requiring uh, performers in the state of California to wear condoms. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, adult performers. Um, okay. Like, all <laughs> I mean, I, I, I intuited. <laughs> Would we be included in that as podcasters? Oh, I think we should, um, just for safety. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get podcast pregnant. Then we have all these spinoffs that we can't handle and we're managing a whole network oh, no! and it's just no! like my brother, my brother and me. It's Encyclopedia Brunch. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, through the internet, is Catherine Kogut. Hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> yeah? Just a little, uh, you're really feeling it tonight. I am. Is that is that so wrong? Uh, no, not. I, I think it's so right. So, so right to be feeling it. Is this the time? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I step on your line there? <laughs> Is this the timing? Yeah, uh, this is the timing. This is the time of our lives. I've had it. You've had it. The listeners had it. What and I was we going to say. Oh, it all. Is this the tiny town? No, no, no I'm just going to keep going. Is this the tiny town of Beaumont from the film Footloose where feeling it is illegal? <laughs> is that is that it was the, worth it, right? Is that, is, it. is that in the opening scene where John Lithgow is just like pounding the pounding the pulpit and being like, and I say there is an evil amongst this community, and that evil is <laughs> feeling it. Is that how it goes? <laughs> I haven't seen yeah, Footloose in a while. The kids are calling it these days. And then it's feel loose, get loose, feeling it all, all loose, and everyone's like, I don't know, we should probably rewrite this. We have to we have to really tighten this. My gosh. It's just so loose. It's it's an OSHA regulation thing, really. Feels loose. Yeah, that's the name. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the best musical. Well, speaking of, of feeling, ever uh, stick your hand in a vat of honey? N- n- no, no. <laughs> have you? No, I was just kind of curious about like what other people's experience are in this world. What do you think it would feel like? Uh, I think it'd be really pleasing, don't you? Yeah, no, I think honey honey bath sounds like something like a mud bath. You know, I, I feel like it would be on a spa list, like of treatments. Like, oh, you know, Cleopatra spent two hours a day in a vat of honey. <laughs> <laughs> Cleopatra was a sort of insect. Yeah. <laughs> All of that's, our insect you know, that's queens. Actually, how she got bit by that snake is the snake thought she was an insect. Do snakes eat insects? I don't know this. Hmm. You don't notice? I don't notice. I don't look. I don't. I can't be bothered to pay attention closely to snakes and what they eat. Insect, vermin, my foot, whatever. I mean that. That's on you, man. You gotta be. You gotta be watching those snakes. All right, I'll make a note here. Uh, keep a closer eye on snakes. Underline, underline. I just feel like I've been really clear. Underline. Keep an eye on snakes. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll uh, keep it closer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, honey's so sticky is the issue, I guess. Um, so that would be kind of a downer. Like, I'd be down to, like, 
have my hand in there for a minute but then like as soon as you pull it out it's just like it's it's a goop you know now what oh yeah yeah Yeah, you ever have this issue with um uh, just i can't recall a time when i've had pancakes and not gotten sticky maple syrup hands yeah i feel like society is always trying to sort of tame the sticky condiment right like it's such a luxury such a thrill to have a honey a syrup a jam we're like we're like we're living on the edge man we're getting a little bit of this like sticky goopy sweet stuff in there but we don't yeah and we're we're always just trying to deal with like i don't want it on me though (laughs) and we think we think we've tamed it with the little honeycomb honey dipper so what's the deal with this thing do you do have a sense i I don't understand i don't understand i i don't understand (laughs) Okay, so in my reading on the Honey Dipper, which is its official name, um, and its official mascot, as far as I'm concerned, is the bee from Honey Nut Cheerios, um, because, boy, they make that real prominent. Um, <laughs> is it, it, So it's essentially just like, uh, and it's an added surface area thing. So it, you, you wouldn't use just a stick, because like, eh, not that much honey is going to stick on the stick, but honey's very viscous. Okay. And so, all right, yeah. And but it will largely all flow eventually. Most honeys will they're they're liquid, they're just very very viscous liquid. Um Are they Newtonian? Uh no idea. Uh my best guess would be no because almost nothing is Newtonian. Um do you want to oh, give a, a quick well, primer I mean, for the listeners on what Newtonian means? So a Newtonian fluid is one where the like the viscosity meaning how easy it flows is directly proportional to the amount of shear force that you give the the fluid right. so if you mix it up more then it gets it it flows around easier uh yeah and so like what that means is i feel like it's sort of intuitive for most uh fluids to be newtonian because water is newtonian so long as you don't mix it with anything uh mm-hmm. and then oils are newtonian too so we're we're very good at the instinct of what like newtonian feels like like if you uh hit something real hard or don't hit it real hard eh, it's gonna like it feels about the same thickness and the classic thing yeah. way we demonstrate a non-newtonian fluid is if you mix water with cornstarch uh at very high shear forces it is very very viscous and so what that translates mm-hmm. to in real life is that if you have a bowl of cornstarch and water if you just put your hand into it it just feels like water if you hit it real hard it's pretty solid actually yeah yeah the um the chemical engineering department here at the University of Washington does like a, a community outreach day. Um, and the chemical engineering p- department participates th- in this by doing a walk on water thing where they add cornstarch to water and then they have little kids walk on it. But the thing is, is that it only works for the first like hour. So <laughs> by the end of the day, there's just like all these kids with like all this cornstarch pants. <laughs> because that is the other secret about Newtonian fluids is that they... Uh they um uh they're very deceptive uh it's not normally we don't normally try to like uh anthropomorphize fluids but as far as viscosities um yeah non-newtonian fluids get more deceptive as time goes on because they're getting more and more desperate Mm -hmm. do i understand that right Mm. nope okay anyway sort of so the deal um yeah with honey I would bet that uh, honey is non-Newtonian because um, typically the more like uh, charged uh, molecules and the larger the molecules that are like in a solution, um, those are kind of like messing up uh, the straight and narrow interaction that we uh, 
say causes viscosity so you know if you think of a liquid as just like well it's sort of just a pile of molecules that are coming together to act in a certain way um if it's all like water molecules well they kind of just tend to act all the same way in the same conditions whereas like uh the more complications you add like i don't know there's a bunch of sugar in here and a bunch of like um weird waxes and other such things that might be in honey uh they have charged interactions and they also just sort of flow over each other differently and so those can affect the way uh viscosity changes so i would guess uh probably non-newtonian uh i accept your explanation fantastic here's Uh, your claim ticket okay uh what do i do with this (laughs) Well, whatever you want your explanation back, you just come here with the claim ticket, and then I know which explanation to pull. Okay. Like, what what else have you got back there? Do you have anything about, like, um, solar energy or... Sir, sir, these aren't your explanations. I, I can't, I can't tell you about other people's explanations because it, it feels, it feels unethical. Sure. As the explanation, check girl. <laughs> due, due to check girl uh, client privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, the the point is that I think uh, at, at the most different shear rates, uh, honey's pretty thick, and so if you let it settle into uh, something with a lot of surface area, like a honey dipper, um, it'll like kind of hold up in there for a while, and you'll have enough time to move it over into another uh, position. And so the honey dipper, let's say uh, a cup of tea, uh, a cereal production batch. <laughs> <laughs> Just a single, a single Cheerio. This is my understanding of how it works. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but like, so, so the idea is like the reason that there's all those like ribs in a honey dipper is that like, well, okay, it's just kind of more surface area, so you get more honey, and there's more like place for stuff to hold up into, and then you just sort of rotate it as you go because it's thin or it's it's quite thick, and so it, it won't fall into your drink until you get it there. Why not just use a spoon, man? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the the honey dipper makes you feel fancy for one thing. Do you feel fancy using the honey dipper? Oh man, so fancy. Real fancy. Even when I'm at like a divey diner place and they have one, I'm like, oh, I'm so fancy. It's nice to have the right tool for a job. And it, yeah, I think that's just really satisfying. And you know, it's it's fun to feel like a honeybee in a bee commercial. But I mean it's not obviously it's not a commercial for bees. It's a commercial for honey nut cheerios. Bees, they're great. You get my meaning, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just like trying to buy bees. That's all. <laughs> like maybe you should go go get some bees. That's I'm just like considerate. That's all I'm saying. Uh well okay. Sorry, let's... did you say beads? No, I didn't say that, and I didn't start a bit from the classic sitcom Rest Development. But I am gonna go get some bees, and we'll be back in a moment on Encyclopedia Brunch. And we're 
we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about honey, the big sweet honey, that thing you use when you want to be a little fancier than just using sugar. Honey. So, Tim. Catherine. You know how bees make honey? No. There's, there's okay. flowers, there's a dance, um, they buzz, um, and then there's like cool uh, structures inspired by nature. So I know when I was growing up, I watched a lot of Animal Planet specials on like particular animals, which is why I got really afraid of monitor lizards. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had a really scary one about monitor lizards. <laughs> um, like like everything about a monitor lizard is dangerous. No, it's horrifying. Kill you. No, we're, we're yeah. like, psh, you don't need to convince me. They got like weird poison tongues. They're super strong. They're pretty fast. Uh, I don't know. They're just big. And also they just like eat deer and stuff. Yeah. They're, no, they're crazy. Uh, anyway, but like, so I, I watched a lot of these specials on specific animals, lions, monitor lizards, et cetera, and so forth. But I'm really surprised that I never saw one on bees because the more I learn about bees, the more impressed I become. Um, because bees are able to make honey. So obviously they're taking up sweet nectar, right? Okay. So they have tons of sugar, right? Yeah, they're like way up on sugar. Got it. Yes, they're super duper up on their sugar game. That comes in as fructose. Um, so they they take that and they put that in these like honey brewing pools in their hives. What? Um, and they spit out like gastric acid and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's like multiple steps here. The thing is that this is like a multi-step process, which is crazy. But yeah, they spit it out into their little honey brewing pools um, with gastric acids. And that hydrolyzes the fructose, means meaning that it adds hydrogen atoms and like mm, rearranges the chemical structure, basically. Mm-hmm. So you get like sucrose and glucose instead of fructose, which is, um, I think, a little bit easier for them to digest. It's, I know it's definitely easier for humans to digest sucrose and glucose over fructose. So I wouldn't be surprised if honey's had or if bees had a similar situation. Right. Yeah. Because glucose is the sort of um, fundamental unit of energy. Well, not fundamental, but like one of the main units of energy that our our metabolism metabolism uses to push around and um, basically make, you know, muscles move and stuff. And then sucrose is a combination of fructose and glucose. Uh, That's right. Right. Yeah. And so I guess it would make sense that you'd make sucrose if you had a bunch of glucose and you still hadn't quite transferred a bunch of fructose, then mm-hmm. it's going to bond up and be like, eh, I'm, I'm sugar because sucrose is also table sugar, right? Yeah. So uh, we have little pools now of sucrose and glucose. But here's the crazy thing, because it's still nectar and like flower nectar is like pretty, it's basically water, right? It's really dilute. So they need to concentrate it, right? Which makes it all the honey all like thick and viscous and like blobby um so they do this just by beating their wings while they're doing this process to circulate air to evaporate the extra water right yeah that's like isn't that so cool i mean like this is like i feel like this is um the way that i've worked in uh like pro- uh, pilot plants like process development like when like you need to get water out of something and like you probably should invest in like some sort of dryer or some kind of you know this is some kind of like professional respectable way to remove water from a system and instead you're just like let's just blow on it like let's just get this thing dried off if only we had wings i don't know i, I yeah i'd be down to have wings what do you think yeah yeah and so i mean the other thing here is that there are um, natural. So when you take up 
nectar or when the bees take up nectar from the plants, there's like natural yeasts in there too, because it's sugar, right? So you're going to have organisms in the yeast. So they have to keep those yeasts from eating all their honey and spoiling their food for the winter. Mm. So what they do is they, um, they add, they make it, I don't totally understand how they do this, but they make it antimicrobial, the honey itself, which is why honey is antimicrobial. So my understanding uh, from that, so I, I mean, I guess I don't know inside the hive, but presumably it's the same reason uh, as why like honey can be, you know, they found honey in like uh, ancient Egyptian tombs and stuff. And so why it lasts thousands of years um, is because they have such a low water content because of all the drying off they did with their wings that uh, osmotic pressure essentially uh, makes it so that small microbial cells can't quite get the balance of water and uh, charged ions correct inside their body um so that like the same way they say like don't drink seawater because it actually dehydrates you because all the cells in your body think oh that's weird outside of this cell has a low concentration of water because there's a lot of salt in it uh so i'll put more of my water out there um that's hand waving but but you see where i'm going um it's a similar idea i think with uh with with uh, microbes in honey which is that like there's just such a there's water but it's such a low concentration of water that like most cells will have a hard time keeping the water balance correctly because um a lot of uh, microbial cells work on a principle of uh living within a certain range of like water concentrations so that's my understanding of why it's really hard for any microbes to live inside of honey and why it's antimicrobial oh now that's interesting that okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember um so this summer I got a weird rash and I'm not afraid to tell everyone. <laughs> there you go, own that weird rash. <laughs> and that would be known forever <laughs> on as the summer I got a weird rash. She was so brave. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you during the summer of Catherine's weird rash? <laughs> so I got a weird rash on my arm. Um, and it was, it was, I, I don't want to talk about my, the symptoms of my weird rash. Um, but nobody was able to diagnose what the deal was with my rash or why I got it. <laughs> just got a weird rash on my arm. Um, and so what they gave me they, to like dress it, to like give it time to heal was, um, they, they put, they were like, oh yeah, we don't use Neospora, Neosporin anymore. We use this thing called MediHoney. What? <laughs> which is they're like yeah it's it's basically honey with like some vaseline mixed in interesting because honey is antimicrobial uh so and for whatever reason they found that over neosporin this medi honey thing which again is just basically money or basically <laughs> honey oh it's so money <laughs> this medi honey thing has it you know what it is it's got it <laughs> So money. Money, just like money, reduces scarring. But money, you have to pay a plastic surgeon. Yeah, sure. But, you know, also works. So, I don't know. Use whatever approach you want. Be you a bee or a banker. For the record, I do have a weird scar where my rash was. But I, I am confident it'll go away eventually. Yeah, because that good, good honey. Yeah, just got to keep putting that sweet money honey on. <laughs> Interestingly, though, uh, l listeners should take note that... Um, you do risk botulism because for whatever reason that can uh, persist in there. Ah. I don't know why they point that out because like I've, I've heard this multiple times when they talk about honey being antimicrobial. They're like, but also like don't give it to babies because maybe botulism and you may not be good at uh, avoiding uh, it's, it's, it's the bacteria is called Clostridium uh, botulinum. 
and uh, that causes botulism. And I guess if you're like huh. a baby or, you know. Is botulism just super robust? And that's why it's in like canned foods and stuff. Sometimes, hopefully it's not, but it can be, you know. I don't know the answer to that question because, hmm. you know, what? I always, have you ever heard this? Um, and this might be that beautiful intersection of science and old wives tales. Um, <laughs> oh, I know it well. You know what it is? The intersection of science and old wives tales is tonight at 11. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying uh the non-science the, the popular press is the intersection of science and old wise tales yes yes chocolate turns out it's good for you turns out um yeah i guess maybe maybe the real takeaway is when you try to t- turn science into anything practical at all mm, you're gonna lose something <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah because not everyone wants to be reading graphs and considering multiple choices every time uh, they make any choice in their life Oh, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a special breed. Have you ever heard that uh, a dented can is more likely to give you botulism than a regular can? I have heard that, but I don't understand why. Yeah, but does that make any sense at all? Like, maybe maybe there's a coating on the can, and like, if you uh, dent it, you you disrupt that coating a little, so it's closer to uh, the metal. It's just 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 spitballing. Maybe. I mean, that would imply to me that botulism uses like i don't know iron or something as an electron donor and iron is in the can and the alloy of the metal (laughs) i don't know that doesn't really make sense to me i think it probably indicates like oh this can's really seen some shit (laughs) 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 that's always what i took it as that's just i mean that's just like a uh a sort of purity um instinct around cans it's just like you know like i don't know you've been you've been to some dark places can i don't trust you yeah i don't know if i support that can is literally damaged goods (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i wouldn't sell that good um (laughs) well i don't know the things that we don't know about botulism could fill a podcast See future episode on botulism. We haven't learned more things about botulism <laughs> than you'll never know. Here's another thing you could not know that I love. You could not know. <laughs> you could not know where to find a beehive to get some honey. Like, like, say you weren't a farmer. You're just like a regular, you know, like dude in nature and you're like honey would be great right now because this is one of the things about honey is that it's a sweetener we've had forever approximately um give or take uh so if you don't know where to find a honey uh uh, uh, i'm gonna say a honey nest but what i really mean is a bee's nest you could follow what we call a honey guide and that is is a honey guide a honey guide also known as an indicator bird or honey bird is that's right a bird that shows you where honey is. <laughs> what does it look like? Um, just kind of like a bird, to be honest. Uh, so like there- a normal bird. How does it? How does it like? What's its style? Um, let's what's see. I don't know. Is yeah. it like, hey, hey, bro, hey, hey, bro, you want some honey? Hey. This I cannot figure out because okay, so so the deal with these birds is so they're they sort of like not terribly colorful, sort of sharp beak little birds. Um. And uh, they live, the greatest number of species are in Africa, and there are two in Asia, um, and they're in the tropical distribution in general, so that, that sort of band of the world. Um, 
And basically what they do is they want to eat the grubs and delicious beeswax that uh, live inside beehives. But first they need some other animal to go and like destroy the hive because they're like these little birds. Uh, and bees are like, you know, ferocious when attacked. Um, and so they will guide a human to a bee colony. They'll be like, hey, hey, guy, I know I know where there's a bee bee colony like i tell you what you knock it down i can get some of those grubs later i'll show you where it is like you know everybody's happy eh? you know <laughs> nobody's gonna get stung it'll be cool <laughs> i tell you you just go in there real cool I'll, I'll lay some groundwork for you it'll be nice and easy nice and easy trust me i i don't trust this bird i feel like this bird is leading me into a trap <laughs> what if i told you that it will not help a honey badger because it has a code of conduct apparently <laughs> <laughs> What? Okay, what's the deal with honey badgers? Uh, honey and badger. Why does this bird hate them? A honey badger, as as you may know from uh meme, um, is a sort of uh, <laughs> meme fame. Sure, yeah, it, it's a sort of uh tough African and also Southwest Asian and Indian subcontinent uh badger thing um that uh is is known for being particularly tough. Like it'll just sort of um be attacked and just sort of not worry about it. Uh, I guess similar to a wolverine. It's very ferocious and um yeah i feel like i feel like it's the monitor liver lizard of this decade you know yes every decade gets a monitor lizard and the 2010s <laughs> it's the honey badger and we don't yeah. care for the 90s maybe it was the shark <laughs> uh yeah no well 2000s i think i think 2000s was shark shark week shark decade live every week like it's shark week i'm sorry i've been watching a lot of 30 watt rock lately it's you know it's that time of year it's time to bundle up yeah delve into the seasons of 30 rock um tis the season for the seasons of 30 rock i'm fascinated what's up with this bird because like yeah i don't understand from my reading how exactly it guides like like because so so the idea is that it, it it is a symbiosis because it wants to show another creature how to destroy this hunt beehive so that it can get the no. grubs and beeswax no not how to just where it is right just like it, it, it shows it where it is and then yeah after that it's just like great so so it's not just like humans have learned to watch this bird because it's it's a good indicator it's yeah. like this thing has kind of developed this habit of like somehow indicating getting getting someone's attention and i don't understand how that happens um and i find it fascinating and then hey, also hey buddy hey <laughs> hey you want some honey <laughs> um, let's see wild honey guys have demonstrated the capability to understand a human call to accompany them to locate honey fascinating uh yeah published in science in uh, i don't see the year but yeah it's a mutualism reciprocal signaling in honey guide human mutualism um all right well we'll include that in the show notes um because this bird's nuts and then also it's just like i'm not gonna deal with anybody else no other species need apply these humans they got the deal i see these guys rooting up there real high and i'm gonna ride those coattails to the sky and the grubs thank you very much honey guide out <laughs> Literally, because then it flies away. Yeah, exactly. Talk about dropping the mic. <laughs> Ready to go. All right. Well, uh, hang on. I'm going to call over my honey guide friend. 
Hello, honey, <laughs> honey, ho. How do you call it? What do you call? We got to read the paper in the show notes. We call 1-800-HONEY-GUY. <laughs> bring, bring. <laughs> Hello, this is a bird. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I just uh, was hoping I'd get some honey. Do you, do, you, do you know where some is? Oh, yeah, totally. I'll be right over. Okay. Uh, do you need my address or like what's the... 20 minutes or your money back. Bye. It's pretty... Oh, wow. I guess the bird just knows so the birds has they've got a slick operation this smooth operator seriously <laughs> well anyway i gotta go get some honey so uh we'll be back in a moment on encyclopedia brunch <laughs> And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about honey. Have you ever had like a, a creamed honey or like what, you know, what are the honey forms you're familiar with? Creamed honey? Like honey with cream in it? No, 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 no. It, it, it is creamy honey essentially is what it is. Does it have any dairy in it? No. Um. Uh, okay. So the deal with... <laughs> You're like no, wait, no, no, no. You're not. You're not. You're not getting me here. <laughs> I, I gotta walk you back. Gotta walk you back here. Um, so you mentioned earlier that that yeast can survive in um in honey, and uh, apparently a lot of them can be uh, inactive. Um, and so there there may be a concern about a yeast uh coming back to life as a sort of frankenstein yeast i'm not sure exactly what it is but uh we have some cause to want to uh de-bacteriify um or yeastify demicrobify there's a real word for this uh honey and so sterilize thanks buddy um (laughs) and so we have uh lots of ways we do this we pasteurize which is uh the same process used for your milks your well basically milk um and uh ultrasonicate uh which is just you vibrate it real fast and that kills some cells um believe it or not that's weird yeah it is weird uh and i guess it does it avoids heating it up because pasteurization includes heating which causes other chemical reactions why not just like pass it under a uv light oh i don't know that's a good question um Hmm. hmm Yeah, I don't know, because we have that problem with milk, too. Uh, yeah. Where, where some milk, you know, in America, most milk is pasteurized, but uh, yeah. you can get milk in other parts of the world where it's it's UV radiated, and that means it's shelf-stable so long as it remains sealed. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, anyway, so, so we have all these processes we can do to honey instead of just eating raw honey, uh, usually for, like, you know, safety or transport or storage reasons. Um Although, as we've, we've already heard, uh, you can store honey for a long time. So it might be, you know, uh, a sort of belts and suspenders situation. But we do it anyway. Uh, one of the things you can do is cream honey. And uh, essentially what that does is... So if honey is a lot of glucose and sucrose suspended in water with uh, wax compounds, among other things. Um, what we do is... Uh, listeners may, may have noticed um, that... Honey, after a long time, if a lot of the water has, you know, sublimated out or evaporated out, um, it gets uh, kind of crystally and crusty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can heat it back up to kind of melt it and bring it back into that more liquidy phase. Um, 
And what creamed honey is doing is that it's making it so so what what's happening there uh when it's more solid is that a lot of the honey or sorry a lot of the sugar the glucose and sucrose is coming out into a crystalline form out of the solution with all that water um and what cream honey is doing is it it's it's saying let's make crystals but let's make small crystals like real small crystals so that um it gets this kind of like extra thick kind of semi-solid consistency so it's akin to instead of um oh i don't know having a oh is that what that's called <laughs> you've had this have you had this honey before yeah i don't know it's fine it tastes like honey i don't know what do you want i kind of love it it's, it's a little crunchy i like it i do like crunchiness i love texture yeah Ugh. are you um are you a chunky peanut butter or a smooth oh i'm a crunchy big into big into the uh, texture okay okay you seem like you're like accepting this, but like trying to reserve judgment. You know, I I came from a crunchy household and I rebelled to mm. became a smooth. Uh, I would love to talk about uh, this with you a little further on our podcast. See future episode on peanut butter, but peanut like butter. as as like a quick teaser, like what's what's the appeal of creamy? <laughs> what's the appeal of chunky, sir? It's more stuff. What? <laughs> <laughs> But like it's just stuff in your way of enjoying the flavor. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I feel like you see stuff in uh, your way, and I see peanut butter tunities. <laughs> oh, you're a real Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, <laughs> free and easy. That's me and peanut butter. <laughs> uh, as far as like acceptability in honey, so there's like obviously different kinds, but there's also a, a grading system. You can have grade A honey, grade B honey, and grade C honey, and substandard honey. Um, reading what the, uh, um, uh, the way one judges A, B, or C, presumably some sort of honey matician, uh, is sent out to, to measure this stuff. Um, essentially it says, uh, for flavor and aroma, grade A must be good. Grade B must be reasonably good. And grade C must be fairly good. Uh, and this okay, sort of, yeah, this, that matches my understanding of the grade system. Yeah, these <laughs> metrics sort of pass along, too, for absence of defect, grade A, practically free, grade B, reasonably free, grade C, fairly free, and clarity, same. Clear, reasonably clear, fairly clear. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the only, like, actual metric I can find here is that grade A and B both must have greater than or equal to 81.4% soluble solids, so that is to say... Uh, most of the stuff in that in the honey are soluble in water like sugars are so that makes sense you want it to be like a lot of sugars um and grade c must be greater than or equal to 80 so it's kind of almost exactly the same (laughs) Um, interesting but there has to be something significant about that extra little bump right there i'm sure there's some because 81.4 is so specific too i'm sure there's some like mm, ah, there must be some reason Metrics are very interesting the way they're developed because it's, it's like the 80 percent like like 81.4 like requires some sort of extra refining step or something. Oh, but you yeah. can get like very close to 81.4 without this like extra expensive step or something. Yeah, that could be it because because we see that in alcohol, right? Like, yes, exactly. So uh, an alcohol, um, what is it? 95.4 or something? 
you would know better than me. Uh, it's 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 close to that. Uh, when not Rowan... because like you have issues with substances, but because you spent a much longer time working with an ethanol plant than I did. Yes, <laughs> for professional reasons, I'm familiar with the fact <laughs> that if you have a mixture of water and alcohol, uh, and you try to distill out the alcohol, um, the most you can get is it's called an azeotrope, and the most you can get, no matter how much distilling and how hardcore you go, is like 95-ish percent, and I don't remember the exact amount. Um, and to get around that, you, you must use non-distillation uh, approaches. Um, and so there, there's all these like uh, standards that are set around that number, like 95%, because it's just, what it's really saying is you must use a different method. It's not really talking about the percent as much as it's talking about like someone who has bothered to go get an absorption column or or something like that. Um, I don't know. So like this ABC grade, it kind of just seems like someone tastes it and goes like, "Yeah, pretty good," <laughs> or "Not good." I, I mean, yeah. Well, it's food, right? Like that the the machine we should be using to test whether food is good or not, like as in tasty or not, whether not whether it will kill you or not, but mm. the machine we should be using to figure out whether food is tasty or not is a mouse, right? Right. And we, we talked about this in our um, uh, chili peppers episode, I believe. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. like, no matter what metric you put in place, like, eating is an extremely complex process. And yeah. so, um, you're, we, we already have the system. Just get someone who's good at tasting and they can eat it. It'll yeah. be good. Get yourself a honey sommelier. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad plan. Uh, what do you like honey in? Uh, let's see. I like it in, uh, I like it in tea. I have a recipe for yam tacos that it goes in that I'm really fond of. Oh, that sounds good. Um, I like a good honey glaze. I like a honey roasted peanut. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Kind of down the board. Yeah. I can't think of like things where I'm like, no, I don't want honey. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I say yes to honey, I think might be a life philosophy for me. Yeah. I love that show. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, so, so we should say that the, the reason that one might prefer honey over sugar, because it's primarily sugar. Uh, let's see. According to this nutritional profile, 38% fructose, 31% glucose, uh, 7% maltose and 1% sucrose-ish and 17%-ish water. Um, but like what, what we like besides that is all the like little weird stuff that's in it because of bees, right? Um, there's just like waxes and I don't know, like weird flavonoids. Um, I love a good weird flavonoid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about flavonoids, nature. Um, <laughs> and so, uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I like, I, there's there's nothing where I won't try. Eh, maybe honey would be better than sugar in this case. Like, why not, like, jazz it up? Um, I'm trying to think of something where, like, I specifically would prefer sugar. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, I don't add a lot of sugar is part of the thing, right? It's like, there's, no. there's few things where I'm literally just pouring white sugar into something. Baking. Baking, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, they point out in, in in this article I'm reading that like baking with honey is a, a classic approach to honey. Like it works. You know, my first experience to baking baking with honey was in this game that I played where there wasn't any sugar. So like if you wanted to make cookies, you had to use honey. And I was like, what? Honey? No, you need sugar. Um, but it, it worked in the game. You got the little graphic that looked like cookies and said that it was cookies. So if it works in a game, why not in real life? Yeah, the graphic checks out. I yeah. saw it right there. 
Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Proof positive. When you said there wasn't any sugar, is is that like, was that part of the narrative of the game? Was it like, hasn't been any sugar for years? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a very obtuse part of the lore now that I'm thinking about it. It was a really obtuse game. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, man, I'm like kind of down with honey for whatever. I mean, the only thing I can say uh, negative about it is it is very, it, it has handling issues. Like it's sticky. It's a little goopy. It can be hard to yeah. uh, dissolve or move for, from thing to thing. Um, I've been, I was sick the last week. And so I was making a lot of honey lemon tea. And but you get a cute little bear. I didn't get a bear. Bears love honey, huh? What's up with that? I, do you think bears really love honey, or do you think it's just like we really love that little little anthropomorphization? They're like, oh, look at the bear with the honey. <laughs> you know, I think I get this every single time I go to the zoo because, and I I often think of you because I know that you feel similarly about bears as I do about snakes. Like you take them seriously. Um, Except that whenever I, I go to, to be fair, to to be clear, I want to be really clear here. I love bears and I respect them. Like. I feel like you'd be okay in a world without snakes, and I would not be yeah, okay would, in a world without yeah. bears. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what if you'd never known that the bears existed? What if they were erased from your consciousness, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless? <laughs> that would have been a weirder movie if he'd gotten bears erased from his memory. <laughs> a bear says, I'll meet you in Montauk. <laughs> News at 11, bears in Montauk. <laughs> Uh, anywho, <laughs> every single time I go to the zoo, I'm always struck by how cute the little bears are <laughs> and how they just look like big doofuses. Oh, they're so great. I mean, this is like, goes in with last week's conversation about ducks. It's just like, I like the goofs of the animal world. And like, that's what's so great about bears. 100%, is yeah. They are kind of doofy, but then they're also just like, you know, killing machines. So it, it, they're very interesting. I, I always get this with the wolves too. Not that they're doofy, but they just look like they just look like big dogs. Aw, sweeties! Like they're they're just walking around like dogs, and like they. I swear to God, the the zookeeper is always in the pen with them. Always, 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 and he never seems worried. Yeah, <laughs> well, I I don't know. I feel like this is. I mean, to bring it back to honey, um, I feel like this is similar to beekeeping, where it's like. You don't see those beekeepers too worried, but like, yeah, uh, they get stung here and there, but like, I guess yeah. they're just not allergic and it's fine. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I'll see where there's bee suits. So like, you're, you're so fashionable that like, who even cares about the world at that point, which is fine. Exactly. You're going to die beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The real goal. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess it's the same. I don't I, I guess you just like develop a, this is what must be done and <laughs> it's my job. And it's it's fair enough. And suddenly you're that guy from Grizzly Man sticking his head in a bear's mouth. I don't think that really happened to Grizzly Man. I think the guy just got eaten tragically. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think what they're doing, the zookeepers and the wolves pen, is I think they're picking up the poop of the wolves. I mean, <laughs> if only everything could be so glamorous as uh. <laughs> harvesting the sweet sweet honey of the bees instead of the gross gross so poop true. of the wolves so true so but. true i don't know you want to go play with some dangerous animals and uh eat some sweetbreads yeah let's go play with some honeybees <laughs> oh yeah two for one perfect <laughs> we're doing it 
We're doing it. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I think I think we should make a cup of tea. Oh, that sounds great. All right. Well, till then, that's Catherine Cogan over there. Right over here. Bye. Bye.